Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Just a few years ago, um, and including on this podcast, we were we were talking about and looking at a real estate market in which foreclosures were were really running rampant. Um, the economic downturn that we experienced had uh, had an impact on borrowers. Uh, some who got in over their heads on on real estate speculation, or maybe picking up a second home and things were going well. Uh, as well as many just standard property owners who, who found themselves out of work for an extended period of time and, and suddenly could not keep up with their mortgage obligations. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, back for another discussion on Chicago's Legal Latte. And I guess we'll find out uh, from our guest today if we see foreclosures in most markets starting to stabilize. It does seem to be that way. Um, we, we are going to talk about an alternative to a foreclosure proceeding, um, we're going to talk about using the deed in, in lieu of foreclosure. Um, not necessarily a complex transaction, but but one which probably isn't widely utilized um, as a standard practice, and maybe we'll find out a little bit more about uh, when and, and how to use it. Now, here to assist with uh, pertinent information is Attorney Stephen McGalla. Stephen is a part of the banking and real estate practice groups at Lavelle Law, and uh, he often shares his experience with us, on, and we'll do so today on this alternative method of handling uh, some failed lending scenarios. Stephen, how are you today? Good, Jim. How are you this afternoon? Good, good. So I mentioned at the beginning there, you know, things happening in, in the market. Um, first of all, are, are you still seeing foreclosures on properties uh, as much as we were? And if so, is it residential, commercial, or both? Uh, we still have an active practice in them, uh, you know, across the board, residential and commercial. Uh, I think the volume has gone down a little bit, and that's what I'm getting a sense of, too, in the marketplace, just from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Now, am I correct in stating, as we as we talk about the alternative today, if we look at the standard foreclosure process, is it true that that's usually a very long process and, and can actually be uh, somewhat costly for the bank or the lender to pursue? Yeah, it definitely can be, uh, especially if a borrower has some defenses they want to pursue. You know, oftentimes, uh, especially on residential properties, um, you know, the uh, the homeowners, you know, uh, fail to appear or just don't pursue any defenses. But it, even so, it, even if that's the case, there's still um, time periods, statutory time periods that have to be followed and. So you know, uh, the foreclosure from you know um, from the, from the beginning to end can still take you know a good length of time, even if the borrower doesn't raise any defenses or or, or, or you know vigorously defends um, the foreclosure. Mm-hmm. Now I, I mentioned we're going to talk about something known as a deed in lieu of foreclosure, and in a minute I'll ask you to explain that. But before I do that, am I correct in setting this up as this is something of an alternative to a foreclosure? Is that the right way to frame it? Yeah, yeah, a deed in lieu of foreclosure agreement is really kind of an, an alternative uh, to the foreclosure proceeding. Um, let's kind of set up the situation. We're dealing really with a borrower who's already in default, so there's been a def- an event of default under the loan documents already. And so what the deed in lieu of foreclosure agreement is, is really a contract between that defaulting borrower and the lender who has either filed or is maybe contemplating filing the foreclosure proceeding. 
uh, in the agreement, the parties agreed to settle the matter uh, by having the borrower surrender the real property voluntarily to the lender um, in exchange for that, the avoidance of that foreclosure proceeding, which as part of the contract may also include the lender's agreement to release or maybe limit some of the remedies against the borrower or any guarantor or if there's other collateral. Now, I heard a couple things there um, that, that make me think. You mentioned it being a contract, um, and then you used the, the word may. They may include this, may include that. So does this mean that uh, this process sort of involves some form of negotiation between the two? Yeah, the Dean Lou of foreclosure agreements, a voluntary uh, agreement, so the terms are definitely uh, negotiable. So as we as we look at this, um, you know, and, and try and determine uh, value and 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 why it would be of use to either party, it seems to me that the lender has a lot of leverage in this approach. You know, what what does the uh, lender stand to gain by negotiating rather than foreclosing? Uh, you know, the, the advantages to the lender, uh, there, there's a few of them. Uh, in which the lender, you know, will gain by 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 doing an agreement. And again, it also depends on a variety of factors as to whether they'll do it. Um, you know, one of the advantages is that the lender will own the property. So then it'll, you know, once it obtains ownership, it'll be able to control its operation. You know, uh, grab all the income from it, and you know, maybe make some improvements and enhance its value for for resale. Uh, the the lure in foreclosure. The in lieu of foreclosure agreement also allows the lender to take title more quickly versus having to wait for the uh, foreclosure proceeding to be completed. And uh, its cost of obtaining title is uh, obviously lower than it would be in, in a foreclosure proceeding, which is you know, definitely going to take longer and, and, and probably be more expensive. So those are the chief advantages. And and I'm picturing this as you describe it um, you know, in my head as, as being residential property, a homeowner who's fallen behind. But we talked at the beginning about different foreclosures. Is is this a process that could be applied to a commercial property as well? Oh, definitely. When we've done those uh, for commercial properties as well. And just to go back to what you said in terms of the advantages to the lender, um, obviously, as you said, they, they will own the property and be able to, you know, extract some of the, the assets from it or the value of it and maybe, you know, make some upgrades. But traditionally, uh, lenders, I'm guessing here, maybe I'm wrong, don't they don't really want to be in a business of owning property. So um, if they can get it faster and at a lower cost, then it does give them the ability to, to sell it or do something else with it. But they're not necessarily looking to gain assets by doing this. No, yeah, yeah. Usually, you know, lenders generally don't want collateral. They're not in the business of, you know, owning it or, or operating it. You know, they they essentially just want to get paid. But you know, we're talking about a scenario where you know a, a default's already occurred, and you know the prospects for payment are, are impaired. So, you know, uh, the lender in that case, you know, has to look at you know uh, obtaining the collateral and, and you know, fortunately having to um, uh, obtain title to it and, and operate it. So. Now, foreclosures have been fairly common occurrence in recent years, and, and as I said, we discussed it here on the podcast in the, in the past. I'm visiting with attorney Stephen McGalla today. Stephen is with Lavelle Law, is very familiar with negotiations for various property types and resolving ownership disputes. Um, the firm also produces a monthly newsletter on banking and business that, that Steve is involved in, and you can read that at lavellelaw.com or contact Stephen directly to have an electronic version uh, made available to you each month. 
Uh, and along with that and other articles, all of our past podcasts, including those that he's been a part of, can be found at LavelleLaw.com and iTunes as well if you'd like to download them. And uh, just completed a video with Steve as well, and that's going to be showing up on the uh, Lavelle Law website, so uh, you get some more information on uh, uh, an associated topic. Uh, Steve, as we talk about the deed in lieu of foreclosure, um, we talked about why a lender may want to do it. What, what, if any, is the upside to the defaulting borrower? Uh, the borrower can uh, realize some advantages from from uh, that type of agreement. Uh, one of which is, you know, the borrower, and, and if there's also any guarantors, they may be be able to um, obtain a fuller partial release of any personal liability associated with that uh, mortgage note. Uh, the borrower also um, can avoid any sort of adverse publicity and additional expense uh, versus a, a foreclosure proceeding, you know, because those foreclosure proceedings being in court are, are publicly accessible, and also you know they would also avoid like the lenders, they would avoid that additional expense of having to um, defend that foreclosure proceeding if if, if they want to defend it, um, and also you know and this may and, and depending on the situation, the lender may be willing to do this too, is uh, the borrower may be able to negotiate continued use, possession, occupancy, or other rights in the real property. So, that, you know, there might be a lease back from the lender to the borrower or maybe even an option to repurchase it. Um, again, it kind of depends on what, what the um, lender is willing to provide the borrower in that case. Yeah, that's an interesting scenario in that, uh, you know, if they're unable or have not made the, the payments on, on the loan, but um, it still does give the, the lender a tenant um, if uh, agreeable terms can be worked out and does prevent the uh, borrower from being displaced. So that, that certainly would be an interesting concept to, to see negotiated in one of these. Yeah, definitely. So if this occurs then, um, does the lender then deliver a, a release to the mortgagee? What's what's the process once the negotiation is complete? Uh, whether the lender uh, issues a release to the borrower and guarantors, you know, may happen. Uh, oftentimes, it doesn't happen, um, especially if the lender is only releasing a portion of the personal liability of the borrower or guarantors by maybe agreeing to some sort of like limited guarantee or, or a cap on the dollar amount it, 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 it's going to agree to pursue. Um, or if sometimes the lender may even want the mortgage to remain in effect to, you know, after the deed in lieu is done, to uh, pursue a foreclosure and to eliminate any junior liens that may be out there on the property. So in those situations, uh, if the lender, you know, still does still agrees not to uh, pursue uh, the borrower or any guarantors, what it'll do instead of uh, giving a, an actual release, uh, will just uh, give the borrower and guarantors just a covenant not to sue to enforce the debt, but allow the mortgage to stay on. Now you, you know, we we kind of mentioned that this was an, an alternative to foreclosure. Um, uh, in in your practice, is this something you see fairly regularly? Is this underutilized in your opinion, or are there certain cases where it does or doesn't make sense? Uh, it, it makes it can make sense to you know both sides. Uh, typically, uh, lenders are going to look at a few factors to determine you know when it makes sense. Uh, those factors would be things like what what the physical and environmental condition of the property is like. Um, obviously, if there's any you know environmental risks there, or potential environmental risks there, you know the lender doesn't want to have anything to do with obtaining title. Um, 
Also, it'll look at kind of the appraised value of the property relative to the loan amount, if there's any sort of equity there, uh, or if, you know, uh, if, if, the, if the loan amount is um, far exceeds what the property is worth. Um, and also, two, another factor would be the potential liability of the borrower and any guarantors. So in other words, if, there's, if the debt is recourse or non-recourse, so if there is personal liability, uh, then you know it's probably not a, the lender is not as likely to pursue it, but if the debt is recourse, so that um, the bar the lender's only uh, recourse in the event of default is going after the collateral, the property, and, and not uh, personally against the borrower or any guarantors. That's not that's called non-recourse debt. In that case, the lender is more likely to pursue a deed in lieu of foreclosure, uh, knowing that it can't go after um, any of the parties personally. And we've got just about a minute left here, so I'm going to ask a question that probably lends itself to a whole other conversation. But just very briefly, in the process, does the lender, before this uh, it goes into effect, do they have to check to make sure there's no other liens on the property? If the if the uh, uh, person who holds the loan is in default, uh, perhaps owes other people uh, as well. Could that could that property be something that they might have a claim to? Yeah, what happens typically is that lenders who are contemplating the foreclosure, they're going to order what are called minutes of foreclosure from the title company, which is just kind of a, a current status of, of title to the property. It'll give them an idea of what other you know liens may be out there, and um, you know that can be done relatively cheaply, you know, to order that from the title company to give the lender kind of an idea of you know what the potential junior liens are out there and, and what other title issues may exist. Um, all of which may, um, you know, be a be a negative factor in, in, in pursuing a uh, deed in lieu of foreclosure agreement. Well, um, as we always do, try to get right up to the end here, and we filled our time for today. I want to thank Stephen Magala for being with us. Uh, very informative, as always. Um, so many thanks to Stephen. He can be reached at Lavelle Law at eight four seven seven zero five seven five five five. And uh, whether it's uh, banking or uh, real estate or other concerns, um, you might want to check in with Steve. And, of course, remember to ask about that uh, banking and business newsletter each month. Uh, The firm also publishes a monthly tax news on the 10th publication and a monthly IRS practice and procedure bulletin, so a lot of information available. And we try and do the same, provide plenty of information for you, and we'll do the same next week right here on Chicago's Legal Latte. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.